on this episode of Ask LA. Learning the business of landscape architecture takes a little bit of, of, of a learning curve. And the faster you go through that curve, the, the, the easier things get. The Ask LA podcast is brought to you by the American Society of Landscape Architects. Produced by the ASLA Emerging Professionals Committee, each episode is geared to provide information and insight into the profession of landscape architecture for students and emerging professionals. On this episode of Ask LA, we continue our conversation with Pablo Mazzari of EDSA in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Join us as we discuss Pablo's role at EDSA, as well as how he continues to improve himself throughout his career. I'm your host, Daniel Martin. Let's dive in. So besides, you know, working on planning, um, building healthy environments for people, getting them outdoors, how else can landscape architects make a difference in the world? What, what kind of powers do we have to, to see change happen? I think we, by education also, um, we, we do make recommendations to our clientele about what, what's important to people. They're very smart and savvy as well. Uh, I think beyond just public uh, open space, I think there are other aspects of, of, of wellness and, and, and a healthier life that um, we're now starting to witness um, the, or, or understand the importance of, us, of it. And that is what we put on our tables and where that food comes from. And I think we have an impact on that because we're, we, we, can, we can advocate for that on our, on our planning, on our projects. Um, I'm not sure that every project we do that has a certain scale has to have its own agriculture component, but it is important that uh, as a group, right, as a, as a group of professionals, we understand the, the, the importance of it. Um, we've witnessed how uh, a, a slight disruption in, in one, you know, one member of the chain of, uh, of food distribution in this country can affect the whole country, right? Um, right. And very rapidly, it only took hours or, or a couple of days, and we were all in the same in the same boat. And and, and these things yeah. were kind of produce farms were were all over the country, and yet it affected all of us. Um, so that is important. Then there are other issues like climate, you know, change, uh, rising waters, uh, sea water level, sea, yeah, sea levels uh, here in South Florida, um, New Orleans, um, New York, all the coastal cities that are densely populated. We we need to look at that, and uh, and we have an influence on how that that is uh, assessed and how is that you know being dealt with. There's multiple issues. I think migration, you know, um, you know, we're witnessing probably the, the strongest uh, migration from from urban, suburban and, and rural areas to urban environments. So uh, knowing how that is going to affect our daily lives and, and how we respond to that. I, I think landscape architects are are so well equipped to 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 come up with the, the right solutions and being able to to bring consensus to the table. I think we're good at that as well because we're a bridge profession. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, what do you see as the biggest obstacles uh, for landscape architects to be able to to do these things and, and to make people aware that they can do these things? I think we are, uh, I might've touched on that slightly on that last point. I think we, uh, we're gonna have to be um, become a little bit of architects and engineers as well um, if we if we're going to be um, well equipped to deal with these issues 
as the as the human population starts to continues to migrate, when say start continues to migrate to urban environments, um, land is going to be scarce, and, and we're not going to have open areas to work with, right? So I think we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to become, you know, miniature architects, miniature engineers, or at least know enough about it to to be able to make good team members. Um, and looking forward into professions, into the profession uh, in the future, who knows? In the, our profession might blend with architecture and become one, you know, or fuse, or or become more of a of a of a blend of of of, of, of traits, right, and and, and skills. Mm-hmm. But that's maybe me being a futurologist. Maybe maybe it's it's not quite that dramatic. Yeah. Well, have you read the book, The Future of the Professions, or heard of that book? You know, professions yeah. going away. Do you, do you think that uh, technology could make landscape architecture go away? Um, I think it's definitely going to challenge how we do work, right? Um, and how decisions are made. I think it's starting to have an impact on the on the permitting side and the early kind of planning when you're doing massing and trying to create the right components and and Mm. the right mix of components in a tight space. I think there's AI, it's starting to take over that role. Um, Obviously there's always a a brain that is behind, you know, what we teach that, but yeah, it's definitely definitely something that that will affect not just landscape architecture. I think it would affect everybody. I, more doctors have had to kind of do tele telemedicine in uh, during the last three months than they ever done in their life, right? And and mm-hmm. from there to an AI system doing that, it's it's not a not a long jump, right? It's not right. Yeah, a little frightening, but uh, good in many ways. Not good in many ways. You know, it depends on. Sure. You know, like looking back, uh, travel agents, you know, they're probably one of the most famous <laughs> professions that just kind of went away. They still exist, but it's all so easy to just do on your own now. Correct. Um, in uh, in the times that like we're dealing with now with civil unrest, with protesting, things like that, um, what could or should landscape architects do differently to, to deal with, help those situations? Um, not sure that the profession itself needs to do anything different other than um, being making we can make ourselves more uh, more more prominent uh, we can expose ourselves better at, at, at earlier stages of people's lives I do feel that you know we've we've always kind of fought for for diversity and inclusiveness and in, in this in this environment in this office but it, it I've done I've done enough traveling to universities to 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 notice what is obvious that um, our our school classrooms and studios they're not as diverse especially when it comes to um, you know African American population and I'm I'm not sure I know why that is but it, it, the way we hired it's pretty much a, a reflection of, of what's uh, what's coming from the universities right in and I see that as it's it's kind of I'm not sure if it's unique to our profession, but it's definitely something very evident. Um, right. We we tried uh, here at EDSA. We've adopted a couple high schools in uh, in neighborhoods that are surrounding the the, the downtown area where our offices is, mm-hmm. is located. And then we've done um, 
we've done a lot of you know mentoring and kind of exposing the uh, the younger kids in high school to what we do as a profession and how we it impacts you know you can be either in the you know try to tell them you can be on the pure design side or you can turn you know transition into the public policy making side and then you'll have an impact on people's life and what 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 generates you know any interest but the idea that, that you expose young guys and girls uh, at an early age um, about what we do, I think it's one way to do it, right? To create awareness of what we do. Um, I'm not sure what the profession can do other than you you continue to be to to treat people by the golden rule, right? You treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, you make sure that you you educate yourself every day that you don't have any biases or or preconceived uh, opinions on people. I think just the general rule of, of, of life. Um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what we've accomplished here in this company. It, it is a pretty diverse place to work. Um, maybe because of our DNA, we started doing a lot of work all over the world very early. Since Ed, Ed uh, Stone founded this company, he kind of piggybacked his practice to his dad, uh, who was a famous architect, and he had a lot of commissions in other parts of the world. So by us being, you know, we were one of the few firms that started to travel early on to different parts of the world. And before you know, you had people from different parts of the world working here, uh, which yep. it's one thing that that's absolutely one of the things that kept me here. Um, it, it's how we do work and the, the kind of people and the kind kind of people that work here. Right. Well, that's a good segue into what, uh, what kind of projects do you get most excited about? What are your favorite projects types to work on? Um, obviously, as we explained, we talked about before the, you know, wellness and, and projects that, that can change people's lives. I, I love yeah. that. And, but I, I, I do, a like everybody else here, a share amount of work in the hospitality uh, sector um, and the public realm as well. I, I love the, the idea of getting to know people that otherwise, if it wasn't through a project, I would have never met and, and cultures. And, and I think that's my biggest takeaway from my practice here is the, 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 just a, the diversity of people that I've met with and made friends with. Um, and those those projects are the ones that really excite me. If you ask me, if you twist my arm and ask me what's my favorite project, it'll be hard because <laughs> like choosing from your favorite, you know, uh, kid, right? And, and your family, <laughs> right. they're all, they're all special and you love them all. Projects are the same way. Um, but those who have kind of allowed me to, to make very strong bonds with people in, in different cultures, I, I love those. What are a few uh, places that you've worked that really stand out as favorites? I've, uh, and they've taught me different things, right? Um, early on, when we started working in the Middle East, um, it, 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 it helped me to understand the Middle East and, and maybe get rid of some preconceived ideas that I might have had. Um, and I loved always, I've always loved going back to, you know, South America and Latin America. It just, mm. it feels that that's an easy way to reconnect with my roots. I've, um, from going to the Far East and China, I've, I've learned so much about um, wellness and nutrition and 
in just a different outlook in life. Um, although it's, you know, they're going, we're all in the same boat today. You know, the world's become more of a, of a one nation kind of, kind of environment, but it just by, by seeing how they've, uh, they've acted with the land and, and, their interaction with the land and, and how they how they nourish their 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 soul and, and their bodies it's always uh, been so interesting to me and and I've been fortunate that I visited certain regions within the country and and seen how there's even differences in the different regions of of China I, I've always loved that um, yeah how do you uh, continually improve yourself and educate yourself so that uh, you don't get stagnant and you're growing all the time. I think you have a, you need to have a curious mind, right? Um, and if you, I think we all do have that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this profession, in the, in the design realm in general. You need to be curious. Um, it helps me. I've been very fortunate to work here, and it, this is a company that attracts a lot of young people. So I always surrounded myself with people that are younger than I. And uh, and I, you know, developing a, a two way kind of learning process. I might be able to teach them a few things. They teach me every day, um, you know, and they keep me current, right? And they call me out too. And, and, and it's okay, fostering that, that environment, it, it makes it really, really cool. In this podcast, we talk to landscape architects from all different backgrounds about how ASLA helped advance their careers. Ready to find out how ASLA can help advance yours? Just head over to asla.org slash join. At every stage of your career, the American Society of Landscape Architects is the first place for you to connect, advocate, and learn. Connect with peers, mentors, and industry leaders with exclusive networking opportunities through local chapters and professional practice networks. Gain nationwide exposure with FirmFinder, JobLink, and the ASLA member directory. Learn with ASLA's extensive online learning library and access to member e-newsletters, blogs, and the award-winning Landscape Architecture magazine. Advocate for your profession by taking part in ASLA's I Advocate campaigns on issues ranging from licensure to climate change to transportation. To find out how to join, visit asla.org slash join. Again, that's asla.org slash join. What kind of advice do you like to offer to students and, and young professionals, uh, things that maybe you wish you would have known at that age? Yeah, I think the, one of the, well, first of all, um, have passion for this. Um, mm -hmm. This is a, a, a profession that is rewarding in, in, in different ways that other professions are. Uh, so be passionate about it, and, and you have to have that fire in your belly. If not, you might, you might struggle. Some people might find it comfortable. Uh, I think you need to have passion for this and uh, be open to, uh, to learning new things every day. Also, I think one of the biggest struggles is that we are mentored and taught and, and instructed in how to design and resolve issues and problems. But the one thing that is always lacking in our education is the business side of it, right? And uh, yeah. I think that's the biggest roadblock for all of us. It's um, learning the business of landscape architecture. It takes a little bit of, of, of a learning curve. And the faster you go through that curve, the, the, the easier things get. Uh, and yeah. 
uh, and, and it's not, sometimes it's not a it's not a, an easy learning curve. So knowing uh, how to operate a business, how to run a business, and also how your client's business works, right? Um, knowing your client's business is almost as important as knowing how to design. Because you learn what's important to them and, and that helps you figure out what they're looking for and what they need. Yeah, I, I, you know, when you're focused on certain market sectors, you, you really, through a lot of, a, a, through experience and trial and errors, you, you become um, pretty okay at some things. Uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think clients start to um, recognize that and, and, and they value that. And they, they see you more as a partner than just as consultant because they know that you're doing certain things because it, it affects their business and it improves it, their business. Um, and they, you'll be surprised how much they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Whatever that sector is, I'm not speaking of one sector specifically, I think you, but you need to learn who your client is and what is it that they do and, and worry more about making them successful than I think you being successful is a byproduct of them being successful. Right. Yeah, so they would see instead of, you know, okay, here's this designer coming in, just pushing their idea, maybe not even understanding, you know, where we're coming from. But if, if you're, if you understand their business, you're a partner with them, when it's time for you to push that idea that may be outside of their envelope, they're more willing to accept. There's a little more teeth there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great advice. Um, so you, you mentioned business acumen. Um, do you think that the schools teach enough uh, business in landscape architecture or, or, or should they teach any business uh, or just focus on design? You know, I think maybe sometimes they get one class on, you know, business structure or something like that. Yeah, I, I think it's always, it, it, it doesn't matter how much you throw at people, it's always going to be deficient um, because of the, the business environment is very complex. But the more schools can do, the better. Or even students themselves, if they can, you know, in the elective, you know, in the process of electing um, some classes, they can, they can get themselves immersed in, in some general business classes and, and education. I think it would help. Um, and then the, the you were mentioning before the internship. You know, even through the early years, if you are lucky enough to to land a, an internship that that allows you uh, to understand somebody's business, and even if it's a small kind of design-built residential, um, few people, you know, environment, then but you you will learn there really quickly what's important and how you deal with certain business decisions or issues. Right. Um, it would be great if, if people could get exposed uh, earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. Even. But, yeah. I'm sorry. You also have to find a good balance. So I'm not saying that this is an easy decision, right? Because <laughs> design, design, it's, it could be a little trickier for certain people than others. And it might require a little more time for some people than others. So mm-hmm. you, you definitely don't want to take away from that. Yeah. Right. For sure. Definitely need a balance in there. I think uh, a lot of people, I think, learn the business side on the job, you know, as, you, as you're moving up through the company, you're taking over project management, you're, you're dealing with budgets, you know, just kind of kind of learning that along the way. Yeah. Um, from, you know, from your perspective and, and along those lines, as you as you grow in the 
in the company and the firm and you have more business responsibilities, how do you on a, a daily basis balance that right brain, left brain, like, okay, I'm business guy. Wait, now I'm creative guy. Now I'm business guy. Okay, uh, how does that work for you? It gets, it gets harder as, as obviously <laughs> as you get more time invested in the company uh, and your responsibilities start to, as you mentioned, sh not shift, but start to get a little more heavier on the, on the running the business and, and running the studios. And um, I'm, I never detach myself from the design. I, I imagine in different environments and different uh, practices, they might be different personalities. Uh, to me, design is so important that I try to always kind of, kind of stay in that in that lane. Even if I had to throw a little more time on the on the business side, um, uh, and also you, you you know as you as you move up in the in the in the company, you start to recognize that who are those people who who have the chops to, to, to do, to develop designs. And, and then you started giving more responsibility and you never detach yourself completely, but it, it's, it's also very, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting and, and it's challenging, but in, in a fun way to see people, uh, take a, take a challenge and, and run with it. But I know I never detach myself from it. It is too important for me. Right. Excellent. So, ask you uh, a little more on the personal side here if you weren't a landscape architect uh what would what would you do what would be the the second dream profession well obviously not a doctor because i tried that <laughs> <laughs> um i um I, I really enjoy cooking and uh all my friends and you know and to a point that i i entertain a lot i i probably drive my wife crazy because i'm always inviting people to the house and we, we like entertaining and I like cooking for people. There's the, the challenge is nice. The, the coming up with something that ends up being good is almost the same process than designing. Right. But also there's something about, there's something therapeutic about feeding people, right. The, about it makes you feel like you're taking care of people. Um, and you, you are in some ways, I think if I wouldn't, if I wasn't doing this, if I weren't doing this, I'd probably be uh, probably a chef or probably have a, a small restaurant or a, a food truck or something. All right. Explore that. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, some of the correlations between cooking and design. Uh, <laughs> go explore that a little further. Yeah. Well, you start with a, a, a something that you need. You need to, you know, you need to deliver a, a finished product, right? And you have some mm -hmm. some. Some challenges and ingredients, and, and and you need to you need to make something out of that out of, out of raw materials, kind of like a building or a space or a public yep. space. Uh, your, your site analysis. Here's what I have to work with. Yeah, <laughs> how much time I have, and this is what people expect. <laughs> it's a process, right? It's a similar yeah. process. Yeah. Yep. But rewarding, Sometimes it works. rewarding. I think the, the reward is not necessarily monetary. Is uh, is seeing people's faces and you know seeing people, witnessing people enjoy the, your product at the end of at, at the end of the process. That, that's got to be the most rewarding part, right? Right. Yeah. You know, it's something I talk to a lot of people about, like that. The joy of seeing something that you built and and watching going and watching the people enjoy, you know, whether that's a public space or whatever. Do you remember the first time that uh, the first project you ever had built and you actually went to it and saw it being used? 
Yeah, I think when I was in Columbus, I was working for a, a local company, very, very good company, solid. And then they, uh, you know, I was working kind of part time because I was still in school and we were working on a, on a, on a, on a substantial project that that took uh, place on the on the main river that cuts through the city downtown area. And, uh, you know, I was a part time kind of intern slash entry level person there and worked on a lot of construction drawings and documentations. And then immediately after that, started to see this thing get built. And then it, that propelled, uh, uh, now looking back, what, what, uh, uh, what an amazing economic activity that, that urban space you know, propelled, you know, created right. opportunities for so much more than that. It, it, is, it, it just blows your mind, like the, the impact that that kind of work has. Um, right. I still have very good ties with that group and, and the person who was my boss and it's it's nice to 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 keep in touch with with some friends that you you done cool work with yeah absolutely yeah it's got to be that sense of pride of like wow I, I did this and, and look at the lives uh, I changed in this community and yeah um, yeah so I guess uh, following along with that that uh, you know sense of pride and, and accomplishment and and the idea of success, you know, when, when you're gone, what, what will have been success to you? Um, I think, um, I think the success of, in, in terms of, you know, whose, whose life you've uh, affected in a good way, right? Uh, have I mentored enough people? Have I, have I, um, have I told the right, given the right advice to people so they can move on quicker in their careers, or at least be happier while they're transitioning throughout their careers? Um, have I created spaces that matter? Um, I think that to me that, and and ultimately, uh, I'm a I'm a husband and a father. So, what legacy I leave to 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 them? It's 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 I think it's the ultimate test, right? It's have you done a good job so people think you're a good person and you left a a good footprint in this world? Oh, I, I think the wealth in the the titles it's 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 only relevant to to the other other side of your or of your person being developed. Uh, if it's only that, I. I, I mean, I'm okay with people think that's success. I, it just ha not. It happens to not be the case for me. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. What would you want the title of your biography to be? <laughs> oh no. Bri the bridge builder. <laughs> may, may, All right. May, respect. Respect for mother nature. I guess that that we. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we, uh, we've been talking for a while. Um, I want to give you uh, one last opportunity to, I guess, uh, you know, any comments, anything we didn't cover you want to talk about or, you know, any, any advice maybe for students, emerging professionals, other than what we've talked about uh, related to, you know, they're graduating in uh, economic uncertainty times, you know, um, maybe give them some encouragement. Yeah. Well, First of all, thanks. <clears throat> Sorry, thank you for for the opportunity. This has been really cool. Um, I hope that we, by the time this this becomes available to people, we're we're in a in a in a 
in a post-COVID maybe environment or are starting to transition out of it. Um, I am very optimistic that uh, that you know with with really really smart people and and heavy investment being dedicated to uh, to solving this problem that we'll be uh, in a in a better place. I'm I'm really optimistic. I I, I think. One tends to get bogged down by the, the daily news and they all seem pretty grim, but I, I do believe that when you put such smart group of people with enough funding to, to work on a cost like this, we'll, we'll come out of this really quick. And if that's the case, the recovery will be equally uh, speedy. Um, and so I would say to people who are maybe in school or kind of about to graduate, just hang in there. Don't don't get too desperate. There are plenty of opportunities in, in, in life. And if you know, if the opportunities come six months after you graduate or a year after graduate, it's not the end of the world really. Take it from somebody who went to grad school and then architecture and then or med school, then grad school. So I've you know, in my life has not been a straight line either. Um, so yeah. don't get desperate. Things will happen, <clears throat> but I would do. I would like to give people, young people, advice. When you do have the opportunities, take that job um, and 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 look at the the place that it's going to it's going to mentor you really and teach you how to be a better landscape architect. Right? Um, I know uh, most young people come out of school with some brief heavy financial uh, burdens and, and, and it is unfortunate that it, that's the system that way but today but um, I, don't just you know settle on a, on a monetary compensation as that could be short-lived um, really look for the places where they're going to teach you how to be a better person a better landscape architect um, and, and and have a passion for this I, I always have a, a motto here in the office um, you know Bring me somebody with passion. We can teach them anything else. Pablo, thank you so much for your time today and all of your words of wisdom and encouragement for our audience. Uh, I'm sure that they're all going to get a lot out of that uh, that will, will help them through this time and through their entire career. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Daniel, for the opportunity. And anybody who listens to this, feel free to connect with us uh, through our website or our multiple social media platforms, and I'll be happy to answer any other questions that anybody might have. And thanks again. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Ask LA. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask LA podcast on iTunes, Google, or your podcast service of choice to catch every episode. For more information about the great work of the American Society of Landscape Architects, check out ASLA.org.